welcome back to the next episode of Fight in the Shade USA podcast brought to you by our friends at Heroes Media Group. This is going to be one of my favorite podcasts of all time. I already know it because Jen had a very, very special week in Washington, D.C. this last week. So I'm going to kick it over to you. Where were you? What'd you do? And tell us why you're a celebrity. Go. <laughs> okay. So I was in Washington, D.C. this week with a bunch of what we call military caregivers, and I'll explain that in a minute. And we were all there because we are part of a fellows program with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation. So we actually were selected as fellows back in 2020, but as we all know, the world sort of came to a stop with COVID. And so much of our work was sort of um, put on hold and tweaked and made virtual and all those things. And so this was the first time we all got to get, got to get, to get I am tongue tied. First time we you've, all had, got you've had a long week. <laughs> you've had a long week. Wait, wait until I, you know, this is where I wish we had video podcasts because we would show the glamorous Lady Jennifer in a beautiful gown and then also in another picture that I think is going to stand the test of time with Senator Elizabeth Dole. So she's had a long week. Just cut her a break. Stop That's judging. Right. That's right. All right, go. Okay. So it was the <laughs> first time we all got to get together in person as fellows of this amazing organization and I'm just blown away by the people that I met and the stories that that they have shared the challenges they've overcome and it really will mark me forever okay so let's back up because for some people this may be the first time that they're ever hearing about the Elizabeth Dole Foundation and um hidden heroes and hidden helpers so so give us the elevator pitch what is the Elizabeth Dole Foundation and what is a hidden hero and a hidden helper Sure. So the Elizabeth Dole Foundation was created 10 years ago by Senator Elizabeth Dole, and she was in Walter Reed uh, caring for her husband at the time who had had some procedures done, and she was walking the halls. She saw lots of wounded warriors and their caregivers and started hearing stories about the challenges that they were facing and specifically how alone they felt. There no resources. So she created the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, which is literally their mission is to care for military caregivers and their families. And so the term hidden heroes is one that she uses for the actual caregiver themselves, whether that's a spouse or a father or a mother or uh, children, grandchildren. Caregivers, uh, you know, come in all different forms, but they are all caring for a wounded warrior. And then hidden helpers are the children of those caregivers and wounded warriors. And that's actually a new program I'll get to tell you more about later. So in, in my opinion, um, the Dole family uh, is is one of I would say you know if we were in England which obviously we're not but they would be like the, a royal couple like one one of the greatest American families uh, in terms of just of course who they are integrity leadership but also public service in, in the history in, in the last in the twentieth century and twenty first century um, you know if you if you go onto Wikipedia no I can't endorse Wikipedia what am I doing what am I doing yeah all right I, I don't I can't even, believe you just said I, that. I don't even know what I'm doing but. Uh, if you go buy a book, a, a, <laughs> go buy a hardcover book and read about Senator Bob Dole, who, who passed away uh, last year, yes. right? Yes. Um, and Senator Elizabeth Dole, like the, both of them in their own right are unbelievable leaders and public servants. Okay, so the fact that uh, you are a part of the Elizabeth Dole Foundation uh, and you were selected to represent the entire state of South Carolina for the past two years on behalf of Senator Dole. That's a pretty big deal. So no false humility. Let's talk about what a big deal that is. 
Well, thanks, babe. I mean, it. yeah, I think the reason it feels like a big deal is because it um, it's an honor to be a voice for a group of people who have really been in the shadows for a long time. Right. Um, they That's why they call them hidden. And the mission of EDF is, that's the acronym we'll use for the Dole Foundation, yep. EDF, is that we want to shine a light on those people. And not just to say, hey, they exist, but there's multiple purposes for it. So we want to make sure that the military caregivers themselves understand that that is a role that they play and that there's a term for it and that there's a whole big, huge community of them out there. In fact, there's 5.5 million military caregivers. Wow. And most of the time... They don't even know that they are one. I right. didn't. That's that's another story I can tell a little bit later of when I came to understand that that, that was one of my roles. Um, so that's point number one is we want to help people identify as caregivers when they are in that role. The second thing is we want to spread awareness to the community and the states that they're in, the cities, counties, states that they're in. We want people to recognize, hey, you've done a great job rallying around the military. Obviously, America does a great job of surrounding spouses and families when their soldiers deployed. But where we've kind of forgotten about them is when those military service members come back wounded or ill. And we don't realize there's an entire family behind that person that's taking care of them. And so again, the mission is to help people identify help people realize in the community that there are hidden heroes among them that need help and support and resources. And then another part of our mission is to highlight what those resources are and to share those with the caregivers to say, you're not alone, you're supported. There's an entire community out there that you have access to um, via Facebook. That's one of the main ways we get together. That's called um, the Hidden Heroes Caregiver Community on Facebook. And then also there are just gonna be actual tangible resources by connecting them to other military and veteran services, service organizations that provide resources for caregivers. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot in there that I want to go into, but I, I think um, the the fact that you know when you said you are not alone and there's a community, uh, you, you know one of the things that that we have learned from from our family story because I'm you know I'm a wounded warrior battling an autoimmune illness and a neurological illness, uh, Bichette's disease and POTS that are considered to be invisible illnesses. You can't see them externally, um, but last year I was re rendered bedridden. I don't know, probably close to 200 days total out of 365. I had one stint where it was over 100 days straight from July 4th into early October, totally bedridden. And that puts a tremendous amount of stress on you as the caregiver uh, and on our daughters. It puts a tremendous amount of stress. It's, it's kind of like becoming a single mom unexpectedly. And then all of the you know responsibilities of um, the home, of, of finances of, you know, you're working two part-time jobs, everything goes on you unexpectedly. So the fact that EDF steps in and says, you're not alone, you're now part of a community is so powerful. And let's just talk about some of the practical ways that they've blessed you, like even down to the little things like the gift cards and, and all that stuff. Sure. So, um, first I'll talk about this community that's out there. They link you up on Facebook and you know, that can sound so little, and just like no big deal because we have so many groups on Facebook, right? That people are a part of. And half the time you don't even remember you signed up to be a part of a group. But this group is so different because it is a safe space for us to go on and we can find um, comfort and uh, empathy and people who say, I get it and I get you and I know what you've gone through today. Hang in there. Keep going. 
and we can vent and people won't take it the wrong way. (laughs) And it's just a place where we can rally around each other and cheer each other on and cry with each other and laugh with each other and whatever it takes. So that's kind of the tangible thing, number one, that they do. Um, The next thing is they partner with AARP to provide respite care. And respite care really is truly just meant to give the caregiver a break. And it could be anything from like they hire some, they, they basically pay to have someone come in your home to just step in so that you can have a break. That means I could go back in my room and take a nap. I could go out and just sit outside and be in the sun and just stop for a minute. I could go get a pedicure, whatever, because I know that things are going to be taken care of at home while I'm gone. And so they provide that. Um, the other thing is just the phone calls I get checking in on me. Um, the things where they realize, okay, there's a special occasion coming, or we have this, this way we want to acknowledge our caregivers and we'll get a package in the mail that'll have like a coffee mug and a blanket and gift cards and things to just say, we see you, we know it's hard, you're supported, just remember you're not alone. So those are like three things. But the last one, which is closest to my heart, is that they are starting a campaign to shine a light on hidden helpers. Right. And they want to put tangible resources in the hands of our kids, specifically access to mental health care. That is a huge, huge thing for our kids to be able to get language for what they're going through, be able to tell their story in a safe place, and to get the support and resources they need so they can process it now instead of 20 years from now when they don't even realize like what they've been through in their life has turned upside down. You know, it's, it's important to be proactive in this. And I'm so excited that the Dole foundation is taking this on. All right. So we're going to, we're going to share the story. You're going to share the story right now. Talk, you mentioned one of the things they do is respite care. Tell the story of respite care. This (laughs) is what, if you've, if you've kind of, you know, checked out, which you shouldn't have by now because Jen's story is riveting, but you definitely want to check back in, stop whatever you're doing, this is going to be the best story that you've heard oh my gosh. maybe all year, but definitely today. I don't know. Now you've talked it up. I know I've bit, talked but... it up, but you got to deliver. Listen, okay. normally I over or I under promise and over deliver, but this story is so outrageously good. And then I will embellish it, of course. Wow. Or not okay. embellish it, but just give further context. Okay. Well, so respite <laughs> care, you know, it's a tough one sometimes for us caregivers because we have to say, okay, yes, A, I need help, I'll accept help, and I'll invite a perfect stranger into my home to help me so I can have a break. So I went ahead and signed up for this respite care program. I knew that things were getting a little out of control at home with just so many things falling on my shoulders. And one of the things they say is like, hey, this this person that's going to come into your home has been vetted, you know, all the things are going to come in. They know that they're coming to relieve you from having to do the daily things. So you can ask them to do anything. You can ask them to fold your laundry. You can ask them to run and get some groceries. You can ask them to do the dishes. You can ask them to whatever, you know, sit on the couch and make sure, you know, your house doesn't burn down while you leave. Like it could be anything. And so in this case, I was, I had kind of a list in my head of like, okay, yeah, there's actually a lot of things in the house right now that, that even if I work together with this person coming in, we could get a lot done and then I can just like go have a break. So she walks in. And it's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. Hi, welcome, blah, blah, blah. Then the next words out of her mouth are, so I can go ahead and bathe your husband. Where is he? And I was like, what? Okay, hold on, hold on. Because I, I know that sometimes you think I do tend to exaggerate and embellish stories, but this is not my story. This is your story. So you're saying that as soon as she like entered into the home, it's like, 
it's like next words out of her mouth are, where's your husband? I want to bathe him. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, she didn't say want to, but she was clearly like, <laughs> this was the- But hold on, but she she may not have said that, but let's continue to tell the story. She obviously did want well, to. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because of the next part. Well, because, yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking like, why are those the first words out of your mouth? Now, I get it. Because I know there's caregivers listening to this. There are absolutely people in caregiving scenarios where the person does need to have, you know, daily duties to be, to help, um, function. So that could be anything from going to the bathroom to bathing them, all the things I'm not making light of that. However, I was told she was coming to help me to help do laundry and dishes and things like that. So it was shocking to me when the first thing out of her mouth was I can bathe your husband. Where is he? There was a moment in my mind where I thought this would make a great practical joke because I kind of want to send her in and be like, okay, babe, she's here to bathe you. And, like, and, and fairness, sir, at the time I was in one of my bedroom yeah, stints. And when I get into those, so with pots, you know, when I stand up, um, you know, basically it's neurological disorder. So I'll black out. So I have to like crawl out of bed those, those days and, and crawl into the, the bathtub, uh, crawl to the bathroom. Um, so it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, this could have been super helpful for it's you. Could've, it could, well, <laughs> can we get her back? <laughs> um, but, you know, the thing that's funny about it is there had been clear, there was obviously miscommunication, but there had been clear communication on your part that that's not what she was coming over to do. Well, right, and the, and what I said from that point was, I was like, well, you know, actually, no, he, do, he doesn't need that right now. Um, you know, I actually was hoping you could help with some laundry and some dishes. And she definitely was not having that, you guys. I mean, she did it, but she was sort of, you know, griping the whole way and super reluctant. And it was a whole experience. Safe to say she did not come back, but left me wondering, why on earth were you so excited to bathe my husband and not just help me with laundry and dishes? I, I found it pretty comical. I don't understand why you would be so surprised <laughs> that any nurse would want to be, to be excited yeah, to yeah. give me a sponge bath. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, you know, listen, I may not be the, um, well, let's just, well, let's just, I'll, I'll just keep it down. Yeah, we have but, to have the clean rating. Yeah, yeah, we have to keep the clean rating. But listen, you know, I used to be, I'm not, I'm a shell of the man that I used to be when you fell in love with me back at Azusa Pacific back in the day. But, you know, while the ravages of time have adversely affected my good looks, I do sport a, uh, it's going gray to white now, my beard, but it's, I, I look like a distinguished gentleman. So I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I bet you that nurse looked me up on Arca Justice. She probably saw me on one of my like Ruck the Ark updates and she was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> we'll go ahead and shift gears. So that, well, um... before we do, and I, and I actually moving from joking to serious, like, you know, we're not trying to cast aspersions on and any of these, um, you know, respite care people coming in. So we're just having a little bit of fun, lighthearted. There's miscommunication there. These people are amazing what they do. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we just have to tell these funny stories because this is part of, this is part of our life now. And uh, Jen and I do play practical jokes on each other. And I do appreciate that she didn't send her in and like be like, OK, time for your bath, big boy, you know, or something like that. Um, but that would have made for a better story. But I probably would have been agitated. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But so here's your plug. Go get respite care, but make sure that uh, the person coming is very clear on their duties so that no one is surprised. Yeah. Maybe like send them a position description of like, you know, what you in writing, you know, and then it's not like game of because it was probably like game of telephone. Right. You're talking to one person. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And, and you know what? In all fairness, she she was like a home health care person. So she, I'm sure she's done that for many other people. But the mission was different this time and she just didn't get the memo. OK, so let's let's shift gears. Um so uh, this, th and there's a lot of stories 
um, from this past week in DC. Uh, they called. They put on a gala for you called um, Heroes and History Makers, right? Correct. Yes. So why don't you talk talk about what happened there? Talk about um, Tom Hanks, Matt Guthrie, uh, Jocko. What's Jocko's last name? Sims. Jocko Sims, not Jocko Willink. Jocko Sims different and Jocko, Jocko. Different Jocko. Both awesome Jockos. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you talk about that night? Okay. It was really special. And remember, this was the first time we'd done this in person. They used to have these in person uh, prior to COVID, and then we had to do it virtually. Also fun, but not the same. So uh, the really cool thing is they had people come and sort of pamper us ahead of time, so we all didn't really have to worry about like, oh my gosh, my hair, or my makeup, or whatever. They they just sort of took care of that for us, which was such a fun surprise. And then we all got dressed you know, in these beautiful gowns and all these things for this event. We got we got shuttled down there in Ubers, and then um, we had this great group photo opportunity just to mark the occasion, and it was really cool because then they had sort of the hosts and the celebrities for the night come up front, and I mean, it was not planned, but I was right there in the second row, right behind uh, Tom Hanks and Savannah Guthrie. I even joked with them about withholding that, you know, I was tempted to give them bunny ears in the shot and I told them so. And I just said, you know, they should be grateful. I didn't do it. It was, it was a fun moment. You're so professional. I know it's amazing. Um, and so anyway, they were there and Jocko Sims was there. And of course, Senator Dole. And, um, it was such a special evening because they not only did, of course, a lot of just military honors with the 82nd Airborne. Talk, um, talk about that. Talk about what they did. Sure. So the 82nd Airborne has sort of like a, it's more than a choir, but but that's kind of what they are. All these people serve in the military in, in different ways, shapes, and forms, but then they come together and they do these performances. And it was really cool because not only were they very talented, they also did like a simulation of what it's like to uh, jump out of an airplane as an airborne. As an uh, airborne paratrooper. Yeah, as an airborne paratrooper. So that was super fun to see it. And because I know you've done that in the past, it yep. was really cool to just see that sort of simulated in this artistic way. So, so that was neat. And then they um, they honored Savannah Guthrie with a Caregiver Champion Award. You can actually go on the Today Show. The links are still online. You can look at that. She gave a really beautiful speech. We're going to put those links in our show notes. Let's do it. Because we're so high speed. Yeah, so Make it easy speed. for you. Um, and then um, they had some caregiver spotlights, which were always amazing to watch. They also had a hidden helper um, share his story and some of the challenges he's overcome in helping to care for his dad. And then at, they had a moment where they had us all stand up. Anyone who was a caregiver, we stood up in the room. And it was just so, um, it was just touching and sort of surreal in that moment to realize, okay, this is for us. And so often um, our stories, the, the focus can be on our soldiers, our wounded warriors, right? Right, right. And people are always asking, okay, what happened to your to your husband or wife or what happened to your, you know, the person that you're caring for. But in this night, it was all about us. And they were asking us questions of, you know, what are the things that are hard for us in our daily lives? What are the things that inspire us and keep us going? You know, what are the dreams in our hearts that we want to accomplish and, and how could they support us to get us there? And so the people asking these questions were all seated at our tables because we were all distributed amongst the 100 tables they had us sort of like smattered around, you know, and um, people at our tables got to hear our stories. And so there was this moment where they had us all stand up and 
and they were clapping and looking us at looking at us in the eyes and just honoring us and I will never forget that. So it was just a really special evening. And see this is and and hopefully I don't get emotional here but this is what I love um one of the many things I love about EDF they just do everything with excellence and and you know they're tech, they're a 501 501c3 nonprofit organization. And, you know, we lead a 501c3 nonprofit organization, Arc Justice Advocates for Wounded Warriors. And, man, uh, being in the nonprofit world, I've seen that a lot of people just don't do things with excellence because you typically don't have money to do things with excellence. And so that kind of breeds a culture of, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just get by. But Elizabeth Dole Foundation does everything with excellence and honor. And um, I just love that about them. And then the second thing I want to annotate there is uh, what you said about, yeah, usually the attention is on the soldier. It's on the wounded warrior, you know, the airman, uh, marine, sailor, who, you know, has suffered, um, you know, through through the, the tragedies of war or service. Uh, it, you know, so there's some wounded warriors who are injured, obviously not from being in a combat zone. Um, and, I, I you know, I served over 12 years active duty with very elite uh, units as a JAG officer, so for, like, 10th Mountain Division Light Infantry, and uh, was deployed with Seventh Group, Seventh Special Forces Group Airborne, and and was attached uh, as part of our Special Operations Task Force. We had Navy SEAL Team Five, so I, I had like a front row seat to some of these best infantry units, and we would get all the glory when we came home, right? The soldier would, you know, and and I understand that. I mean, and you know, we would get uh, the medals. We then we would um, have a promotion ceremony. So you know, I was promoted twice, uh, you know, from first lieutenant to captain, and then captain to major. And, you know, I would always bring you in on that as much as I could. But ultimately, I'm the one giving the speech. You know, the attention is on me. And uh, I just love that EDF is putting the attention on you and our girls. Because if if for so here's my analogy. So for every wounded warrior, it's like a wheel. So the wounded warrior is the center of the wheel. But then there are innumerable spokes that shoot out from that center. And so whatever injury that wounded warrior suffers, um, it goes out to several spokes and all of those spokes feel the pressure on that wheel. And so EDF um, is, you know, you said 5.5 million caregivers. So that's just the caregiver, but then there's spokes from that caregiver too. Mm -hmm. So EDF is positively affecting the lives of tens of millions of people. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. So props, props to you, Elizabeth Dole Foundation. All right, so I have, uh, go ahead, you have something. Well, we're gonna continue on about the week. I just wanna make sure I say another cool aspect of the week before you shift gears. Um, I was gonna continue on about the week, so go ahead, because I have like one kind of like closing question that I wanna get in before we wrap up here. So okay, talk so about I'll what say this. Yeah. Um, another really just neat thing about this week is, you know, I was reflecting back uh, as I was flying home and today, and of course, like you said, they do things with excellence, intentionality, they're thoughtful, it's professional. So the week was full of various opportunities, whether it was, you know, networking or this fundraising gala or sharing our stories with different people. But also they created an atmosphere for us fellows to just um, get to know one another, get to know each other's stories and forge these lifelong friendships. And so the thing I just wanted to point out is that there's a, such a special group of women. We all ended up staying together. And I met so many people. And I'm sure I would be as close with any one of them had we been paired up and you know all together. But there was this specific group of seven because we were traveling back and forth together. We were sitting in the lobby together after events. We were hanging out after 
um, different things and, and sharing stories. It was so special. And I know that I will be connected to these ladies for life. Um, but was so, what was so neat about it is that none of us were comparing our stories or, mm. um, that's good. We weren't, as we said at one time, we were not comparing the scars of our husbands. We all happened to be taking care of husbands, um, in our various situations. And, nobody's story was less than or better than it was just that person's story. And we were able to listen and empathize, but also able to say, Hey, what are you doing for you? And making sure that that person wasn't getting lost in that caregiver role, but that there would be an identity outside of that and sort of pulling that out of each other and saying, what are you still dreaming about? What is something that you can go back home and do that sort of like uses your gifts and talents outside of being a caregiver? And I, each of these women knows who they are. They each have such really cool different endeavors that they have their hands in. And I am just cheering each one of them on from afar. And I just look forward to see what things will come out of each and every one of them. Hey, listen, whoever's willing, let's have them on the podcast. Oh yeah. I'm already making a list for sure. Cause we, we've got this like high speed board here, roadie board that was bought for us. And like, we can plug in a call to it. Yep. No, we got it. All right. So, so on, I'm going to piggyback on that real quick and then ask you this closing question. Um, one of the other things that I love that I've seen EDF has given you, you've already talked about community and you're not alone. And you know, what, what makes this community so powerful? It's the same thing for the band of brothers and sisters in combat. And I think it's shared suffering. So mm-hmm. if, if you go through suffering together with someone else, even if it's not the exact suffering, as Jen said, you know, everybody has different situations with their husbands and they're not comparing, but they're, they're all suffering. And instead of having a victim mentality and saying, oh, woe is us, you know, feel sorry for us. No, like EDF is like, you guys are overcomers. You guys are amazing. You have like learned a lot of lessons and you've overcome in the midst of your suffering and you are amazing men and women caregivers. And I think that anyone who goes through shared suffering together, there's an unbreakable bond there. There's an unbreakable resolve. And these are the kind of people that we need in America as everybody is like, oh, you know, the country's falling apart and, uh, you know, left versus right. And like, there's no hope for America. No, there is hope for America because in the historical annals of time, all it has taken is a remnant of people who will stand with resolve through shared suffering and overcome. For example, the, and I'll, I'll, I'll make this quick, but our founding generation, only 3% of the colonials actually uh, joined to fight for the American Revolution. They're the 3 percenters. So if you, th- if you see a Roman numeral three with some stars around it, that is like for the 3 percenters. And so that is literally all it takes to restore a family, restore a state, a local community, or a nation. And I think that's what you guys are. You guys are the three percenters. Thank you for saying that. And, you know, while, while you were saying that, I was reminded just one morning I took a walk with a fellow caregiver. Her name's Crystal. And she, for the first time, I realized, because I'll get people that come up to me and say, man, you're so strong. I don't know how you do it. And I kind of just, it actually makes me a little uncomfortable when people say that. And I sort of just say to myself, well, I just do it because I have to. I get up the next day and I do it. I mean, and I sort of assume anyone would do the same thing. But when I was with Crystal, a few things came out of this conversation. The first thing was we resonated with the fact that we are we want to instill in our children that we are overcomers, we're not victims. That's right. And so what you just said really resonated, and that's why I was I was thinking about her. But then the second thing was for the first time, I was looking at somebody else going, you are so strong. (laughs) I don't know how you do this. And I'm thinking, 
oh, I finally kind of get what people are, are thinking and saying when they say that to me sometimes. Because as I was looking at her and looking at all the things she's overcome, um, I was just so inspired. And I think what I loved about that moment is I was not giving her sympathy and that's not what she was asking right, for. Right. I was certainly empathizing, but actually I was walking away inspired and ready to do something in my own life that that would just sort of be like rising to the occasion and matching her, her, I don't even have the right word for it, but like matching her zeal for life. I wanted to match that. Right. And so my hope coming away from that is like, I want to live a life where sure, someone can say I'm strong, but hopefully more so they say, man, you inspire me to go, to go overcome and go do something with my life too. And so I don't know, that's a shout out to her, but it's also sort of like a goal now for me. I love it. And that's what we're going to be discussing on the, on this podcast. It seems like that we refuse to succumb to the entitlement generation and the victim mentality. We are going to be the overcoming generation, uh, full of the victorious mindset. So more on that later. So I want to close with, um, you got to spend a few minutes with Senator Elizabeth Dole. Talk to me about that and what it was like. Sure. This, um, this evening was really special during the week. There was one evening where she invites all the fellows into her home and we have dinner and we get to, it's sort of like a, a mingle type situation. We're not all seated at a table, but we're, we're having food, we're walking around, we're talking with each other and we're talking with her. And of course she greets all of us at the door. You come into her home and the first thing of course I notice is uh, our current generation has lost the art of hosting in of the same way of yep. this greatest generation, right? right? Because I'm looking at this going like, I'm not walking into a house where like the TV is front and center. I'm walking into a home that is designed for conversation and it's designed for people sitting around in sort of circles in different areas. And it, she did not rearrange the furniture for this. This is how it always is. And to, to sit down and to sort of absorb history that's all around us in this room and to share stories. And so... We got to hear some of her stories. Um, different people got some one-on-one -on -one time with her if, if you had something you really wanted to share with her. And um, the one of the best parts of the evening actually was when our group got there, there was just a few of us right in the beginning because we were kind of coming in in waves. And she sat down with us sort of in a circle. And the first thing she asked us, because we were not expecting this, but she said, tell me about last night, which was the gala. And she said, and tell me what we can do better. Yeah. And I just thought, man. This woman, so they call her the North the North Star in EDF, they say. She's our North Star. Wow. And she's always challenging us to do better. And I mean, wow. I'm like, she could have asked any question in that moment. And already she's like, I want to do better for you. And of wow. course, none of us are wanting to sit down and say, okay, the first thing we want to talk about is like a constructive criticism. No, of course, we all gushed about how amazing it was, you know, and, and had a great conversation from there. But the other cool thing is she started telling some stories just from her perspective mm. and how things started. And one of the older fellows that has been a part of it for a while leaned over to me and said, you know, this really doesn't happen that often. I'm not sure I've ever seen it happen, but normally a small group of people doesn't just get to sit around Senator and listen to stories. Like normally there's so right. many people around, she's having to just sort of bounce from person to person. And so we got this focused time with her and, and I definitely will never forget it. That was a beautiful thing. I think the other two things that stood out to me in that evening, I got to see the office that clearly had um, 
you know, Senator Bob Dole's touches in it with all the books and a beautiful picture of him and Elizabeth from from their younger years. That's awesome. And just so many significant things just in that room alone. And then the final thing is the one, you saw the picture, I sent it to you and, and we'll post it, but I got to just sit down next to her and they, you know, they took a picture of us. But what was so neat is um, someone reminded her that our girls are in an upcoming video that's going to be coming out later highlighting hidden helpers so that she could have a touch point of like oh yeah this is jennifer and her right. kids are in this video right you know so we talked about that and, and the hidden helpers and then i just said oh hey you know i just want you to know that we so love the connection of the fact that her husband and my husband both served in 10th mountain division and that, that we just respect her husband and his legacy so much yep. and it was so sweet because she just said oh my gosh he not only would he he have loved to hear that she goes i miss him so much and i wish he was by my side tonight to be welcoming you all into our home because mostly what he loves when the caregivers come over are all the hugs and kisses and then she said so give me a big hug and we hugged and we and we you know had this moment and again i'm like i don't know how many more moments i'm going to get like that with her but that was that was special yeah so i mean man that that story kind of made me tear up a little bit cuz you know, we, we, that's what we want to, we want to live long lives and, and affect other lives for the better. And that's what Senator Bob and Elizabeth Dole have done. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, they're remarkable. So I think we'll, we'll close, we'll close with that. And, um, you know, that's a great way to wrap this episode because, uh, we want to be full in this podcast, fight in the shade USA of a culture of honor for the generations that have gone before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants and um, C.S. Lewis said, uh, newness is no virtue and oldness is no vice. And uh, what he meant by that, and I may have butchered that, I'm paraphrasing it, but what he meant by that is basically like look to the ancient, the wisdom of the ancient past. And, and people like Senator Elizabeth Dole uh, are to be honored, rightly so, for the lives that they've lived uh, and, and continue to affect on a day-by-day -day basis. And you can just see the beauty of her personality and her humanity in that interaction you had with her. So I'll let you wrap it. Yeah, I really can't add anything to it other than I'm just so grateful to be part of the EDF family. It truly is a family. I look forward to continuing to serve alongside them as long as I can. And yeah, I mean, I think that's it. There's really nothing else to say. Thanks for joining us, babe. We're very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Our daughters are very proud of you. And I will end on a light note. Uh, Jen is now a celebrity. Uh, she was on television. She's got all these nice, you know, pictures, uh, legendary pictures with Senator Elizabeth Dole. It looks like they're, you know, it looks like she's you know, like your grand, your, you're her granddaughter. And uh, so I literally had to bring her breakfast in bed this morning because she's a celebrity. No, Lies. Lies. well, hold on. Did I bring you back breakfast and bread? Well, okay, he did. Uh, no, no, no. Well, okay. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Okay. I, w I was in bed having my coffee and he did go get breakfast and bring it. So yeah, I mean, so I did. I te oh, technically. All right. So see, she's already celebrity. All right. Listen, we, we love you guys, our listeners. I think we're up to like 13. Let's try and break 25 next week. Share it with your friends. Fight in the shade. <laughs>